How many of you noticed or had time to notice that we provided Krispy Kreme donuts this morning? Yeah. Yes. Great. Well, there's a reason for that. I'm going to explain that in just a moment. Uh, As we've been celebrating our 20th anniversary throughout September, we've been looking at kind of the mantra of our church for the past two decades. We've been talking about how we want, as the video just said, for Oasis to be a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. It's a very interesting thing about this statement. When you hear someone say, everybody's welcome, something about that just feels right. It just feels good. Who doesn't want to be inclusive and accepting? And then when you hear the phrase, nobody's perfect, kind of fits right in too because we all know in the privacy of our own hearts that everybody messes up. Everybody makes mistakes. Nobody is perfect. But then we get to the last phrase. It's the one we're going to briefly talk about today. Anything's possible. Even when I say it, it kind of makes me wince because it's so bold and it's so grandiose that you just kind of inwardly want to say, really? Anything's possible? Like, anything? Well, I want us to understand this statement today because when we say that anything's possible, we're not saying everything's possible. We know that everything is not possible. For example, uh, this year, the New England Patriots are not going undefeated. Praise God. And neither are the Florida State Seminoles. They may not win a game, but they won't be undefeated. When we say this, that anything's possible, we're more or less saying you just never know what can happen when God gets involved in the life of a human being. It doesn't mean that only good things are going to happen, but it does mean that good things can happen. And believe me, we live in a world where we need a lot of good things to happen. I recently heard a great story about a guy who grew up in China. He was 14 years old when he heard an American entrepreneur talk about what it means to make a difference in the world. He decided in that moment that I want to go to where he lives and I want to try to do what that guy is doing. So when he was 16, he moved to the United States because the U.S. is like the anything is possible capital of the world. But he also knew that success did not come easily. This young guy had a dream. After college, he was going to launch a company. He tried to get funding for his dream, and he got totally rejected. As I've told you before, friends, rejection is one of the most powerful forces on the face of the earth. It devastated this young man. He realized he was going to have to learn how to overcome rejection So he did something very, very strange. He actually went, underwent, what kind of now is known as rejection therapy. And the idea with rejection therapy is that you go and you make outrageous requests of people knowing you're going to get turned down. You're actually trying to immerse yourself in rejection so you're able to overcome it. You actually court it. Most of us did this for years. They just called it dating. 
But this young man, his name was Jia Zhang. Jia, for a hundred days, would make these outrageous requests. He would go into a fast food place, and he would say something like, listen, I know you guys do um, soda refills, free soda refills. Can I get a free burger refill? And they would say, no, what are you talking about? He went into PetSmart, the pet store. He said, could I get a haircut that would make me look like a German shepherd? They would look at him weird and say, no. But then the strangest thing happened. He began to find that sometimes when you make an outrageous request, expecting a no, you get a yes instead. And it slowly began to change his life. Here are some of the yeses he got. One day, he knocked on a door, a stranger's door. And he said, can I play soccer in your backyard? The guy said, sure, come on in. <laughs> One day, he tracked down a police officer driving his car. And he said, hey, can I pretend to be you and drive your car and sit in the seat there with you? The guy was like, okay, sure, come on. <laughs> One day, he was on a plane flying. And before the flight took off, he asked the flight attendant, now think about this outrageous request. He said, can I give the safety announcement instead of you? They're going to pay more attention to me than they'll ever pay attention to you. The attendant thought about it and said, sure, give it a shot. And then there is the Krispy Kreme donut. Ja went to Krispy Kreme, walked in and asked them to make him a specialized donut. Specifically, he asked them to link five donuts together and make them look like the Olympic logo. When the order taker, Jackie, asked him how soon he needed them, Josh said, in the next 15 minutes. Now, he thought that would be the end of the conversation, but to his surprise, Jackie looked at him and said, sure, let me give it a try. And over the next few moments, Jackie drew out the Olympic logo <laughs> in the shapes of donuts, made them and gave them to him and said, it's on the house. Apparently, Jackie thought anything was possible, and within minutes, she had whipped up an Olympic logo donut. Now, what's really interesting about Jaws' anything is possible story is he's actually a follower of Jesus. He came here as an exchange student. He was accepted, and the first family that accepted him, he found out when he got home with them, that their son had just committed first-degree murder and went to prison. His first night in America, he slept in a murderer's bed. The next week, that family stole all the money that he had brought with him. He then went to a second family. They attended an Assemblies of God church, and it blew his mind. He didn't know what to think of it, but he felt the presence of Jesus and eventually became a Christ follower. He went through a lot of challenges after that. His business wasn't going well. His wife was having health issues. She had just given birth to their first son. But the church they were attending asked him to give a very short talk at Thanksgiving, something that he was thankful for. He wasn't sure he even had anything to be thankful for, but he decided to give a talk, and he also asked for an outrageous request of God for a breakthrough in his business. He gave that talk, and the very next day, the very next day, the video that he made with Jackie when he walked into Krispy Kreme went viral on the Internet.
and when the days had millions of views. It allowed him to connect with people on the topic of all things, overcoming the fear of rejection, and now John leads a business centered around that entire topic of helping people overcome rejection. It's a great anything is possible story. And it starts with an outrageous request. I want to tell you another impossible story. It's about this well that we keep coming back to. One day there was a Samaritan woman approaching a well. And there was a man sitting there, a rabbi. She knew as she got closer what would happen. As would be his custom, he would probably move away somewhere between 20 to 30 paces. He would not look at her or make eye contact. She would get her water, and then she would leave. Only this day, the strangest thing happened. As she got closer, he did not move. He didn't look away. When she got to the well, he actually spoke to her. He, a Jewish rabbi, asked a Samaritan woman, think about this. This is Jesus, the most outrageous request. Can I have some water? Think about this. The verse says, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. This is like the Krispy Kreme Olympic donut ring, only magnified ten times. Yet Jesus asked it of her, and she didn't say no. She engaged in a conversation, and Jesus responds back to her, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is to ask you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. This is Jesus who is asking. Jesus would amazingly engage in the most outrageous request of people. And he explains what this living water is. He says, whoever drinks this water, I give them, will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now, what does Jesus mean by this when he says he's going to give them water that will well up into eternal life? Well, later on in the Gospel of John, chapter 7, they kind of explain this. He says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. The idea of this living water is that through Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit is present and available with you. That God will send the Holy Spirit to live and to walk among us. I love the way the old King James translate this. The old King James says, He that believeth on, him, on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. See, your belly is the deepest part of you, friends. It's the core of your life. Even in our day, even in our day, to have a strong core is something that people greatly desire and spend lots of money for. Has anybody ever seen an ad to have uh, great abs? Sleek, sexy abs, whatever that looks like. In fact, why don't we just do this? Why don't you just turn to the person next to him and show you your abs, okay? No, 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 don't do that. <laughs> we could have done that for nobody's perfect week. Now that I think about that. 
Your abs, your core, your belly is that place that is the deepest part of you. And God says, I'm going to send you this free gift, the Spirit. And the Spirit's going to comfort you and guide you and counsel you and convict you. He's going to activate spiritual gifts in you. The Holy Spirit will intercede with God the Father for you. And with eternity hanging in the balance, her life hanging in the balance, this woman says, yeah, I would love that gift. See, with Jesus, anything is possible. The story goes on. The disciples come back, and they're shocked. They couldn't believe Jesus was talking to this kind of woman. No one said anything, really, but their faces showed it. Why didn't anybody say anything? Because they knew this is Jesus. They've been with him long enough to know this is the way Jesus operates. The woman is so fired up about having received this free gift that she hardly, hardly even notices the fact that the disciples are not talking to her. And she decides that she's going to go back and tell the people, the people in her hometown about Jesus. She doesn't even bring the water jar back with her. I love this part of the story. This is a woman who came to the well with a bucket, and she left the bucket and went home with the well. <coughs> went home with the living water. Went home with the Spirit of God. Jesus says to her, go back and just get one person, your husband. Although she wasn't even married at the time. As she was going back to town, she must have had this inner dialogue with herself. You know how you sometimes talk to yourself? And she must have said to herself, you know what? I could do more than tell one person. I mean, I could tell the whole town. I could make this crazy, outrageous request. I could ask for a Krispy Kreme donut logo. I could ask everybody in the town to come listen to Jesus. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? They already reject me. I already have living water. I've already met Jesus. And the scriptures say that then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Let me tell you what this is. This is amazing. This is the first sermon that is ever preached in the entire movement of Jesus. It's compelling, enthusiastic, come and see. It's incredibly vulnerable. A man told me everything I ever did. It's respectful of people's intelligence. She asked the question, could this be the Messiah? It's only 14 words but it's so effective, and it's delivered now by a woman five times married, five times divorced, a Samaritan, wrong theology, wrong worshiping, wrong side of the tracks, doesn't have any money, shacking up with a guy she's not even married to, woman. This is so interesting. I'm just going to, I'm putting this in today just for a special friend of mine. Over the centuries, people have debated about, should women be allowed to preach? Men have argued over, should women be ordained? Many centuries ago, there was a guy, a man, a famous writer named Samuel Johnson. Samuel Johnson said he had been to a Quaker meeting, 
and he saw the most amazing thing, a woman preacher. Johnson Ruther famously said, a woman preaching is like a dog walking on his hind legs. The wonder isn't that it's done poorly. The wonder is that it's done at all. Apparently, Samuel Johnson never met Jesus. Apparently, Jesus thought it was a good idea to have a woman preach the very first sermon about him. Apparently, Jesus was right because the whole town ends up listening to her and coming to meet with her. As I think about it, maybe it's women who ought to argue about whether men should be ordained. (laughs) Says the woman. (laughs) The woman ends up giving the first message. You ought to meet Jesus. Why? Because this man said one time, with God, all things are possible. She goes back to the village and she tells not just one person. This woman who is a reject, a loser, been married all these times. She said, you got to come and listen. you got to remember, these are Samaritans. They hate the Jews. But look at this response. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. This is a great well story. This woman was on fire for Jesus, and you have to picture this. She's bringing everybody in the town now to Jesus. Of course, this includes her exes. Hey, Jesus, here's number one, and here's her husband number two. They don't get along with each other. In fact, they can't stand each other. I'm going to need you to kind of teach them about that whole love your enemies and turn the other cheek thing. Here's husband number three. I have no idea what I was thinking. This guy is the loser of all losers. He was totally a rebound. I tried to get husband four to come. He's still really mad at me. He won't even talk to me, but I'm going to keep working on him. Husband number five, to tell you the truth, I'm not even over him yet. My heart's still a little tender about that, Jesus, so I'm going to let you take care of him. Husband six, well, not really husband yet. I know I'm not married to him. But I did tell him about that verse in the Bible. If you want it, you better put a ring on it. It's in the book of Beyonce or somewhere. I've told him it's time. It's time. We need to be married. We need to set a date. You see, friends, with Jesus, anything is possible. I want to tell you about 20 years here. I have met some messed up people in 20 years. You're looking at one of them. We have walked down some roads together, friends. Some very, very steep roads and some very, very low roads. I've watched people over these years where their families broken up, their marriages are broken up, people have messed up, done things they shouldn't have done. Some of you came here to Oasis in that condition. Some of you had that happen after you came here. But I want you to know, if you think this morning that you have messed up too many times in these 20 years, I want you to hear me carefully. With God, anything is possible. God can use you, and usually he does use you in the area of your biggest mistake, your biggest wound, your biggest scar, your biggest hurt. 
And he does it so that you can go and tell other people, come and see this man who's told me everything I ever did. Part of what we see in this story is the progressive discovery of what we call the cosmic Christ. At the beginning, all the woman sees is a Jewish male. Then she sees a little bit more. She says, I can see you're a prophet. And then she sees a little more. I know a Messiah is coming. Then it gets even bigger than that. The Samaritan people say to the woman, this man really is the Savior of the world. One of the greatest titles given to Jesus in all of the Scriptures. There's an ancient description of this that I love. First she caught sight of a thirsty man, then a Jew, then a rabbi, after that a prophet, last of all the Messiah. She tried to get the better of the thirsty man. She showed her dislike of the Jew. She heckled the rabbi. She was swept off her feet by the prophet. She adored the Christ. And people for centuries have been praying anything is possible kind of prayers. Abraham said, could I have a child in my old age, even at 99? Moses said, could you deliver your people from Pharaoh in Egypt? David said, is there any way I could triumph over this giant Goliath? Daniel said, could I be saved in a lion's den? And three Hebrew young boys said, could we be delivered from a fiery furnace? And God said, yes and yes. And then Jesus comes. And people says, can you heal the sick? Can you deliver the oppressed? Can you steal the storm? Can you save a sinner? Would you give me some water? And the answer is yes. Here's where we're at on this anniversary weekend. If I had to ask you, what is your anything is possible prayer? What would it be? Maybe it's to be used by God the way this woman was. Maybe it's to have strength to face a situation that, to be real honest, you have no strength right now to face. Maybe it's the power to overcome a temptation or a sin or a pattern that's been killing you. Maybe it's a broken heart. Maybe it's a marriage to be put back together. Maybe it's for somebody you love who's far from God to come back home. Maybe it's for something you've been carrying around for a long time to put down. I want to say it again. Anything's possible. And I can't stand here and tell you it will happen, but I can stand here with great confidence and tell you you will never know unless you ask. You might get up today or tomorrow or maybe the next day, and it's not there. But one day, who knows, you may walk into a Krispy Kreme store and say, can you make an Olympic logo donut? And Jackie will say, sure, let me give it a try. Here's what I know about Oasis. For 20 years now, I have seen this God of the impossible mold and shape and forge a community of people into a place where everybody's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything is possible. My journey at Oasis started quite a while ago. I don't know the exact date, but it was when we were meeting in the Lakeland Center. At the time, we had skits every weekend, no offering plate, and good preaching. Things have changed as the church has grown, although there is still good preaching. I can truly witness to the fact that everybody and anybody is welcome. 
Over the years, I have grown to appreciate the people that are different than me because of this creed. Many people that I didn't care for initially have become people I care about and even good friends of, of mine. Now I approach people that I might not consider friend material with the hope and expectation that God will help me see them as he does. This lesson has been a great blessing to me and hopefully I can pass it on to my children. Um, I, know for, I also know from firsthand experience that anything is possible at Oasis. I have witnessed many things to attest to this. The foremost is the story of my marriage. I was in a life group meeting at Gail Dove's house and Phil was leading a study on the book of Romans. One night he had us write down a prayer to God and everyone prayed about it together. I still have the sheet of paper with the prayer on it. I was lamenting to God about being single and lonely. Well, within two weeks, I met my wife, Denise, and we were married within six months. She is so far out of my league that I'm pretty sure you could send this one to the Vatican and get it confirmed as a miracle. <laughs> like I said, anything is possible. Stacy DeMata writes, after being at a church where we married and welcomed both of our babies, we felt like it was time to start something new. I don't even remember how we heard about Oasis, but we decided to visit one Sunday. Phil was teaching on the fruit of the Spirit, and I remember walking out and looking over at Emil like, this is it. There has not been a season in my life that I didn't go to church. I have sat in pews since I was small enough to be held and heard sermons almost every Sunday of my life, and Phil's lesson that day blew me away. One of the things I appreciate most, especially after growing up in a church where appearances were everything, is that Oasis allows you to be genuine. There is not only space for, but the expectation that Life is gritty sometimes. And not only does God have the grace for that, your brothers and sisters here follow that example as well. My view of God and His nature began to shift at Oasis. Once I believed His love was not bigger than His judgment, I grew up thinking it was possible to step out of the shower of grace if your actions were bad enough. Oasis has helped me see that God's grace is not a shower, it's an ocean and it envelops us and never runs dry. It's not just words on paper. It's the lifestyle of this church. Aaron Strohmeyer writes, Amy and I moved back to Central Florida in 2005 and were desperately seeking for a church to fit into. We tried everything near and far from super tiny churches to mega churches. We felt like characters from Goldilocks and the Three Bears where nothing fit quite right. My buddy from work, Adam Sally, kept telling me about his church that served breakfast. And my first thought was, lame. Any church that has to serve breakfast to get people to come in is obviously desperate for attendees. After giving up on church hunting, Amy and I finally took Adam up on his offer. Needless to say, this church is anything but lame, and we've never looked back once we started coming to Oasis. Teresa O'Brien said, 17 years ago, my husband Kevin and I first heard of Oasis by receiving a flyer in our southeastern campus post office box. It promised a free breakfast at Lake Miriam. We came dressed in our Sunday best, and we must have stuck out like a sore thumb. Everyone was in shorts and t-shirts eating breakfast while sitting in their lawn chairs. I was a college student from Virginia with an Assemblies of God background and had never seen church done quite like this. I was impressed and intrigued, but the biggest reason we kept coming back was because Rhonda King remembered our name. She quickly helped us know and be known. When we graduated, we decided to stay at Oasis and pursue volunteering in a ministry rather than looking for a full-time job elsewhere. 
Ironically, that led to Kevin holding four different positions on the staff of Oasis over the next several years. More importantly, it led us to discover our family. I, I do not say that lightly. Every time a conversation would come up where we would ponder why we stayed in Lakeland or why we wouldn't consider it another church, it always came back to this. Oasis was our family. Looking back now over our time here, Oasis has seen me through my entire marriage, walked and carried me through the death of my mom, seen me because a mom myself and watched our family grow from two to five. Most of all, Oasis continues to let me love and be loved, serve and be served. Sarah Keel shared, I don't have one story about Oasis. Oasis has been a part of so many stories for our family in the past 16 years. Marriage, babies, dedication, life groups, upstreet, second Saturday. We have laughed, cried, worshipped, learned, and grown. I am thankful for so many things, but mostly the opportunity to be a part of this community. Melissa Porter writes, I started attending Oasis a little over a year ago. When I started coming to Oasis, I I just about lost all hope and confidence in the church because of the experience I'd faced at another church. I was hurt, I was cynical, and I was anxious at the very thought of attending church ever again. I asked every person I knew who attended Oasis to tell me everything they knew. I needed this to be a safe place. I was giving church one last try, and Oasis was it. The last year has been difficult, but Oasis has helped me gain healing. I've gained a family, and I've found hope for the church, and hope for my own weary soul. I never knew it was possible to feel safe in the church. I'm so very thankful for the community at Oasis, for the faithful team who has worked so hard to create the Oasis that it really is. Barb Duncan shared, Our story at Oasis began in 2000. After 21 years of marriage and church not being a part of our life throughout that time, my husband Gary and I hit a really rough patch. I grew up going to a Methodist church while Gary had not grown up going to church and really wanted no part of it. We were partiers, not church people. Desperate for help, I started looking online for churches. I knew Gary wouldn't be thrilled, but honestly, I felt like I had nothing to lose. I found Oasis Community Church, which was meeting at the Lakeland Civic Center. So I went by myself, and I was hooked at the first service. Eventually, I was baptized and joined a small group, and in October of that year, Gary finally agreed to come to church with me Sunday before I was having surgery, probably out of guilt. But when he found out that others in the church actually liked football and drank beer sometimes, well, that changed everything. So fast forward to Easter. Oasis put on a community events for kids, and Gary decided to get involved and really enjoyed it. But then our lives went on like usual that weekend, and we actually got into an argument the night before church. I was ready to tell him he never had to go to church again and that I would quit too for that matter. The next morning, I was getting ready to go to church by myself when I noticed Gary was wearing an Oasis t-shirt. I asked him why. He then announced he had decided to get baptized. That was a life-changing moment for us. We've been through many highs and lows over the past 17 years, but I know God planned for us to end up at Oasis. A lot of things have changed, but the central theme has not, and we're living proof that everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible.